Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Galatians 5, through 23, continuing our series we have been on over the last, uh, this will be lesson number nine. Uh, so over the last several weeks, we have taught from this portion of Scripture. But the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Spirit. Psalms 25 and 9 says, the meek, everybody say the meek. Will God guide in judgment? And the meek, he will teach his way. I think it goes without saying just on that one verse of scripture right there that uh, it's important to be meek. And tonight we're going to study meekness. Anybody know what meekness is? Give me your definition. I'll tell you what what I think it is and what our lesson is going to... share with us. Meekness is strength under control. Strength under control. What is your first thought when someone says meekness? Do you think of timid, small-framed individual, maybe with a gloomed look, downcast eyes, and a shuffling walk as they go by? Typically, people think of actions and attitudes of timidity and and weakness when you hear the word meek or meekness. Meekness in the fruit of the Spirit couldn't be more opposite from timidity or weakness. Meekness doesn't only tell me why I need to be gentle, but it also shows me how to be gentle. Meekness in its true definition does not mean weakness, but strength. Everybody say strength. Strength under control. When you look at the Old Testament definition and usage of meekness, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament was, was defined as meekness or humility. When you think of meekness, you think of humble or humility. The word basically refers to our meekness before God. Meekness before God. It is an understanding, and this is why it is so important that we possess this portion of the fruit of the Spirit. When we are meek, when we we operate in that part of the fruit and in meekness, we have an understanding that we are totally dependent on Him for our existence and our sustenance. We've got to have God, church. If we don't have God operating in our life, moving and in us, breathing and causing us to exist, we we are of all men most miserable. I mean, if we don't have the presence of God, the power of God, we're dependent on Him. And also, when you look at the word meekness, it encompasses our willingness 
to submit to his will. So when you think of a person that is meek or, or, or meekness is being in, demonstrated, it is a willingness to submit to his will. The following scriptures you're going to see on the screen will help you better understand this meekness or gentleness before God. Psalms 25 and 9, the meek will God guide in judgment and the meek he will teach his ways. Psalms 147 and 6, the Lord lifts up the meek, but casts the wicked to the ground. Isaiah 29, 19, the meek shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor in heart shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Zephaniah 2 and 3, seek the Lord, all the meek of the earth, seek righteousness, seek meekness that ye may be hid in the day of the Lord's wrath. The Old Testament also expresses the benefits of this approach to God. Proverbs 15 and 13, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Proverbs 18 and 12, Before destruction the heart of man is haughty, and before victory is humility. In other words, if you want to have victory, we're going to have to have humility in our life. Hallelujah. If we want to have victory, we've got to have humility. Proverbs 22 and 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. I don't know about you. I want to have humility in my life and in operation. When we look at the New Testament definition of meekness, the New Testament definition of meekness is very intriguing. It comes from... From a Greek word which means mildness, a gentle, soothing disposition, and by implication, humility. Studying this term, you will find that it refers to the behavior of a domesticated animal. Before we jump to thinking too far out of the box, when I say domesticated animal, it is not stating that we are animals, but that there is something in the behavior of a domesticated animal. That defines meekness. Animals, we all know animals. There's certain various species that are strong and are uncontrollable in and of themselves. By nature, they're strong. By nature, they're uncontrollable. But when they become domesticated, they do not lose their strength. They just learn how to control it. That's what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost. You become, you become under the control or influence of Almighty God. In and of our flesh, we're dangerous. In and of ourselves, we're capable of doing things that, that can be somewhat unimaginable to some. But when you get the Holy Ghost, we bring that flesh under control. We bring that, that desire and that rage inside of us as, as carnal human beings. It, we bring it under control. Hallelujah. 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 The New Testament refers to a meek and mild spirit that we are to manifest when interacting with people. We too can be strong and uncontrollable. When meekness is manifested in our lives, we do not lose our strength. We just learn how to control it. That's what meekness is. We don't lose our strength. We just learn how to control it. 
Have you ever walked away from a situation that if you would have responded like you wanted to, you would have probably lost your witness? And you may have had a right to do or say what in your mind. I've got a right to express myself. I need to defend myself. But you just say, you know what? I'm going to let the Holy Ghost handle that. I'm going to just be quiet and let the Lord fight my battle. And, and in meekness, your strength became under control. It happens more than what we even realize. I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind. Well, we don't really have a, enough of that to be given away. Uh, we need to salvage as much as we can. But when we allow God in us to perfect that part of the fruit of the Spirit, it may be, you may think somebody's the weakest, you know, the weakest person in the room. It, uh -uh. it doesn't mean because they're meek, they're weak. They've just learned how to control. They've just learned how to control their strength. Hallelujah. The expressions of meekness. The New Testament usage of the word meekness will show us specific areas where we can manifest this aspect of gentleness. As you study each of these, keep in mind that meekness does not mean weakness, but strength. I'm going to say this enough till we get. Meekness is strength under control. Meekness causes, everybody say, good works. If you're manifesting meekness in your life good works will follow for the bible says in james 3 13 who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom think about that guys meekness causes good works if you're always arrogant if you're always uh so many acronyms I could use and so many descriptions, but just, just arrogant and self-righteous and uh, better than thou and everything you do and you get that personification in public. That's not going to attract people to you for the glory of God and for salvation to be shared with them. But when we walk in weakness, good works follow us and people are attracted to the wisdom that flows from you because of your meekness. Everybody with me? Meekness causes us to write speech. Titus 3 and 2. To speak evil of no man. To be no brawlers, but gentle. Showing all meekness unto all men. That's heavy stuff tonight for us to consider. That's heavy right there. It causes all of us to evaluate this whole, this whole sermon series is Christian character. But this part of meekness causes us to write speech. But it also causes us, meekness helps us to receive the word. A meek person can receive instruction. A meek person can receive the word of God that's being preached today. James 1.21 Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness. The engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. So in other words, to receive the word, we've got to have this part of the fruit of the spirit in operation. Receive with meekness. When you're receiving a word like I'm preaching tonight, what we've heard in the weeks prior, 
you're not, you're not easily offended by the preached word when your heart is meek. And you understand that God must have sent that word to help me grow, help me mature, help me where I'm at. Hallelujah. By meekness. When we receive the word through teaching, we ought to receive it in the spirit of meekness. Meekness strengthens our marriage. Sometimes it's just easy. It, it, it's just where I'm coming for you tonight. Coming for all of us men right now. We don't always have to be right. Sometimes you just got to walk in the spirit of meekness. And say, you know what? It really ain't worth the argument. It really ain't worth the fight. It, ain't, it really ain't. It, I, I don't have to be the one to have the last say. I ought to hear some wives saying amen. But we're going to read what the Bible says right here. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 4. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of the plating the hair or the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. It is important that a spirit of gentleness and meekness be portrayed in our marriage. I think it, it, it's for us all to consider in this place. We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different uh, histories and past and all of our lives. It, 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 we bring into a relationship so many different things. And we're Two worlds colliding and becoming one. What your wife has been through, your significant other has been through, what you as a husband, what you've been through, and, and everything. We bring all of those emotions, we bring all of that into the covenant of marriage. And you know what? It takes work. Every day, it takes work. Almost 25 years, it takes work. But we do that better in the spirit of meekness. Even after 25 years, you have to check yourself and say, you know what? I need to be meek today. I need to, I need to pray. I need to say, you know what? I want this day or I want this marriage to be honored by God in the spirit of meekness. Can I get an amen right there? It strengthens our marriages. Hallelujah. I say it often. We want healthy churches. We got to have healthy homes. We will do that and accomplish that through meekness. Meekness helps us forgive. They kind of, these, these next few are going to go hand in hand in some of these areas. Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Meekness helps us forgive. Meekness puts pride in check. 
Well, you don't know what they've done. You don't know what they've said. You don't know this. And you, I, I'm going, let's talk about the word of God. When we put on, therefore, as the elect, we are the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, whew, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. How many has Christ forgiven? He's forgiven me a lot. Has he forgiven any of you of a lot? Uh, Brother Wendell, he's forgave me of a lot. Sister Jill, he's forgave me of a lot. How can I turn down or refuse you forgiveness? How can I? I ain't forgiving you of nothing. Really? You know what you do? You destroy the bridge over what you must walk one day. How many want to hear him say, well done thou good and faithful servant? The only way we're going to hear that is because of the mercies of God. Because he forgave us. He loved us in spite of what we've done. So I don't want to be standing on this side of eternity. And, and there was one thing thou likest thou had hate in your heart for your brother. You wouldn't forgive her, so you can't come in. No, meekness helps us forgive one another. It helps us to see relationships come back together. It's, it helps bring restoration in. We have been recipients of forgiveness several times in our own life. And here the Lord is instructing us to be quick to forgive in the spirit of meekness. We ought to just walk. Who can I forgive today? How, who can I encourage to forgive someone today? Because when we do, we're operating in the fruit of the Spirit. And the part of the fruit of the Spirit is meekness. Did I say that was easy? No. Did I say you're just going, Woo, I'm going to have the fruit, of, I'm going to have the meekness in my life today. I'm going to forgive. No. But you know what? When you display that, when you let that fruit begin to mature and to operate in your life, you're talking about feeling a, Man, I just feel lighter because I let that go. I don't feel like that's occupying free rent in my mind when I let that go. I truly have forgiven them. How do I know when, this ain't even in my notes, but I, how do you know when you really have forgiven somebody? Have you ever wondered that? How do I know when I've forgiven somebody? I can tell you in my own, from my own personal study, and in my own life personally. When you hear their name. You have a different emotion now. My emotion's different. If you'd have heard their name 10 years ago. You'd have wanted to kill them. If you'd have heard their name. Or if you'd have seen them. You'd have just. Come on. Let's go big boy. But when you let meekness and forgiveness. You have a different emotion about it. Take it a step further. When you start praying for them. When you get on your face before God in your private prayer chamber. You can utter their name. And it not be in anger. But you genuinely pray for them. God bless them. I forgive them. I don't want 
God, you to do what I wanted you to do, what I asked you to do to them. It's heavy. It's heavy. But I want, I, I want to see them suffer like I've suffered. You never will. You never will. They'll never get the reward or the punishment or what that you really think they ought to get. But when you can go before God and say in the spirit of meekness, I forgive. And I let it. You know, that one scripture that always ministers to me, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Not me, I will repay. Vengeance is mine. That means God is still in control when I let him have the steering wheel. He's going to take care of them the way he sees fit. And I don't care how he does it. Because I forgive. Some men's sins follow them. Some men's go before them. But always know there will be a day of reckoning. There will be a day of judgment. But I'm so glad tonight he is still on the mercy seat. He ain't on the judgment seat yet. And I don't know, Brother Jacob, I don't know tomorrow what mercy I'm going to need. I've given, I've given out so much mercy. I've, de I've deposited into the bank of mercy. So much mercy, I don't know when I'm going to need a withdrawal. I don't know when I'm going to need the mercy of God. So if you're thinking about holding on to something, think about this. Think of it this way. Have I deposited enough mercy into the bank? When I need it, I can receive it. I want to be on that end of the stick. I want to be on that end of the equation that I can receive mercy when I need it and not have been guilty of withholding mercy. Kind of goes hand in hand with my next point. What I love about this church, meekness helped us restore fallen brethren. Well, I love this as a safe place. You don't have to walk in here and feel condemned if you make a mistake. We're not going to judge you. God's the righteous judge. The Word of God's going to judge all of us. But when you sin and come short of the glory of God, meekness helps us restore fallen brethren. Galatians 6, 1-4 says, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, Ye which are, everybody say spiritual. Restore such as one in the spirit of. But, but here we, we quit reading right there. But if you read it, just a few more words. Considering thyself. Lest thou be tempted. I, I, there's so much to unpack right there in that in that one verse. If any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of one. It's so easy. Get them. They deserve everything they're getting. Instead of saying, you know what? How can I? How can I restore? What can I say to encourage them? I read something this week. You don't know how many times they fought whatever they gave into. You don't know how many days they got up and said, 
I'm not going to do that. And they won. They won the battle. They won the battle. But something happened and they gave Oh, I want to look on the side of mercy and say, you know what? I want to restore such as one as I consider myself. I may be there. Let me, let me paint a little to all you mamas and daddies. It may be your kid one day in need. It may be your baby one day in need. So he, he got with the wrong crowd. She got with the wrong person. And they made poor and foolish choices. I want to be on the side saying, come on. Come on back to the altar. Come on back into the church. Find a place. Find an altar. Find a safe place to run into. Consider thyself, lest thou be tempted. Many folks have been lost because no one reached out in the spirit of meekness after they have sinned. Many people won't even walk back in an apostolic church because they're scared of what people will say. God help us. Thank you, Sanctuary Church, for creating a place where people can walk in. You have been examples. There have been people walk back into this church that have done things. There have been, we, we know, you know, at, at such is life, we know their life story, but I see it every week. Come on in here, man. Come on, welcome back. Come on in here and worship with us. You're going to do good. You're going to make it this time. They may walk out next week and go back to the sins. But you know what? I want to be guilty of standing in error on erring on the side of mercy and giving someone every opportunity to be saved. Hallelujah. L.B. Meyer, a preacher of another generation, makes a very insightful statement about this verse. When we see a brother or sister in sin, there are two things we do not know. And I just alluded to this. First, we do not know how hard they tried not to sin. Second, we do not know the power of the forces that assailed them. We also do not know what we would have done in the same circumstance. Never let it be said that we condemn struggling people because we, wasn't real, we were not willing to be gentle in our approach to them. Never let it be said we condemn struggling people. There are a lot of people that come here every week. You don't know what they went through just to get here. Single mom, single dad. I see them with baby carriages on one arm and another kid walking in and sit down and it's almost like we made it. Took everything I could to get them ready. I made it. Seeing families who have worked 60 and 70 hours in a week and could have stayed home and used that one day of rest to rest. But they got up and got three kids dressed for church. Come on in here. And they said, you know what? God's been too good to me. In the spirit of meekness, we're going to worship him. Meekness unifies and does not divide. Meekness, you feel a spirit of unity in this house? I feel it amongst the people. Sunday it was here. There was a spirit of 
unity here. A spirit of unity is directly connected to a to the fruit of the spirit and the element in that fruit of meekness. Genesis thirteen seven and nine says, and there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled there in the land. Abram said unto Lot. Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herd and thy herd. For we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. As I read this text, this morning, I could not help but feel that Abram responded with meekness when an opportunity to be angry occurred. He realized that an angry, superior attitude would cause a rift in the relationship with life. Had he not responded in meekness, it could have well been possible that Lot would have never been persuaded to leave Sodom. I believe he always knew if I ever need Abraham, he'll always be there for me. Maybe we're not maybe we can't be together right now. Our herdmen can't get along. It was never an issue with Lot and Abram. It was with the herdmen. But to keep peace, they went separate directions. But the way Abram handled it in the spirit of meekness. It left the door open for Lot to return. Meekness will seek to stay unified with everyone for the sake of present and future benefit. I'm going to say that again. Meekness will seek to stay unified with everyone for the sake of present and future benefit. When you are operating in meekness, meekness brings perspective. What do you mean, Pastor? James 5 and 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. We have often heard of the patience of Job. But it is also important to realize. The humble attitude. That Job portrayed. During his trial. Even though for a short time. He questioned God in his frustration. Ultimately he became. He came to realize that God had not forsaken him. And would see him through. When I read the story of Job, when I read it in the, the magnitude of what he went through, had Job became arrogant and rebellious, I believe he would have died a very miserable death. But when meekness is an integral part of our spirit, it brings perspective to the trials and the cares of life.
Could it be. This is how he could say. Though he slay me. Yet will I trust him. Though he slay me. Yet will I trust him. Then he would go on to say. The Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name. Of the, that's the spirit of meekness. That's someone whose faith and confidence is in the one true and living God. When we manifest meekness, that's when we know. Come what may, crisis come, disease come, loss come. He's still in control. My perspective is adjusted. And I can now realize all things work to good. Well, they work together for the good. My closing illustration hit home. Really hit home. Consider for a moment if you had been Jesus. This had happened to you. One of your inner circle followers had sold you out for 30 pieces of silver. He comes to you in a moment of your most agonizing surrender and betrays you to your enemy with a kiss. What would you do? Your human nature would want to respond in anger and retaliation. And it's not that Jesus wasn't capable. He had already proven that when they platted a whip and drove the uh, th those religious people out of the temple. He knew what he was able and what he could do. And when you add insult to injury, another follower manifesting righteous indignation draws a sword and cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers who has come to arrest you. It's not that Jesus did not feel the emotion of the moment. We know what he was capable of doing. But that meek and gentle spirit of Christ Demanded self-control. Could we do what Jesus did? And this is what got me. Instead of vilifying and condemning Judas. He would call Judas friend. He does not rant or rave at Peter or tell the soldier that it serves him right. Instead, he reaches down into the dirt, picks up the bloody ear with a gentle hand. He places it back on the side of the soldier's head. Here in the garden of betrayal, a final earthly miracle takes place. But the greatest miracle was not the healing of an ear. The greatest miracle in that even in his final moment, he was still teaching by example. He knew the day would come when his disciples would face their own accuser. They would go and preach the gospel and face persecution. He knew that they would be tempted to respond according to the flesh. He also knew the choice would be theirs. But by his spirit of meekness, he was teaching them that when their moment came, that meekness was always the strongest response. Why? 
as I started, I will conclude. Never forget. Meekness is strength. But strength under control. Jesus gave us the example. Judas, my friend. He even called Peter a devil. Get thee behind me. It was all in perspective. Judas was bringing him closer to his purpose. Peter was trying to prevent that purpose from taking place. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of perspective. Be careful. Be careful what you want to curse. It could be the very tool that God is using to bring you into your purpose. Stand to your feet all over this house. Meekness. Meekness. Meekness causes good works. Meekness causes us to write speech. Helps us to receive the word. Strengthening. Strengthens our marriages. Helps us to forgive. It helps us to restore fallen brethren. It unifies and does not divide. Last but not least, it brings perspective. I believe when we leave this house in just a few moments of time, we can all agree that meekness is more important now than ever. It's an important part of the body of Christ. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Meekness. Strength. Under control. Why don't we pray right now? Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, those that are gathered in this place that have heard the word. Lord, help us to have received the word with the spirit of meekness. God, let this house continue to be a house that gives mercy and grace. And we operate. Through the spirit of meekness. Lord those that will come into this house on, on Sunday. Those that will be here in worship. Let them receive the word of God. Let them be restored into the kingdom of God. By those of us who have been a beneficiary of the meekness of our Lord. While we were yet sinners you died for us. While we were fallen and away from you. You redeemed us. And Lord, when we were unworthy and when we had walked away from you and when we had...